Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Geekscape is a surprise. We've got a brand new special here with Ian Kerner. So you guys are getting a whole lot of Geekscape on top of the main show, of which I did two last week. Did another one this week, and then I just did with Ian the X-Men Apocalypse special. We're giving you a little uh, mini Ian episode to talk about this whole new thing happening in the DC Universe, the DC Universe Rebirth, which is not a reboot. It's not the new 52. And it's not well, that different. Is. Well, it's not that different from what Marvel just did with their post Secret War storyline, where well, it's a soft reboot. Can, can I just say, wait, 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 you're before. jumping right into this. Can I just say, see, time was yeah. that I would come on the regular show and we talk about a lot of different things. I know. And now then, I've got you're my specialist now. I know. So these days, I only I come on. and We only talk about the movie, which is great. Sure, we talk about the comic book movie, but. We don't sit and talk about comic books anymore. <laughs> Ian, and that's enough, what we're going to do here. There are not enough hours in the day for that. It's fine, but I'm, but I'm, just, I'm even, just saying we're going to talk about comic books. I can't even have you talk about all of comics. No. I have, I, have to, I have to whittle you down to just specifics or the day will get away from us. I understand. And the only reason we're even doing this... A special is, request. It's because it's a special request from a good friend, Adrian Ascaria. He... Dude, Adrian, we love you, man. And what's great is after uh, Civil War... Or Batman vs Superman, one of the two. Yeah, he goes, great podcast, and I was like, all right. Yeah, it was Civil War. It was Civil War. Yeah. I was like, yeah, hey. yeah, all right. It passed the Iscariot treatment. Like it fucking did it. Yeah, all right, he did it. We we, we passed muster on that guy, and now it's like, uh, right. and now he, now he's like emailing us, being like, rebirth, and I'm like, yeah, he wants it. Okay. You right. know what? So, if there's so, anything so now that we talk love, about, but we love our he, he gets very upset with tangents. Okay, so, so we sorry, have to, sorry, stay, sorry. Stay on target. Yeah, Adrian's like, I ask you to do this, and then you go off on a fucking tangent, you assholes. Yeah. <laughs> You've turned my dream into a nightmare. Sorry, Adrian. Uh, okay, so that's why we're doing this. And you know what? I love... Uh, okay, so as problematic as we've seen the DC line be, both in sales and in stories for over the last... I don't know. I would say this all started way before well, the New 52. But I got to tell you this. Recently, I fucking loved Dark Side War. I thought that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, Dark Side War was good. And now we've got this. So I'm kind of so, glad that this is the way it is. But I need to help understanding it. That is why you're here. So, and we need to talk about what's actually gone on in the last five years. Please. And, you know, and interestingly enough. But also before that because Flashpoint and all that stuff. It's five years. I know, but even before that, like... Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about some stuff. But, Guide us. But, but interestingly enough, um, as much as I just said, great, we're going to talk comic books, <laughs> I, I'm actually going to reference, you know, the movies. Don't do be- this. Because, not, not at great length, but there's actually... There, there, 
there's a gestalt of sorts going on here. Okay. Okay? Something happened, and, and I think that they're related, you know? And in essence, what happened is everything that people were upset about in Man of Steel and in Batman vs. Superman has actually happened in the comics. Yes. And this rebirth special actually addresses it. Did, the Dark, did Dark Knight Returns create that and Watchmen created that? Well, so, so that's the... That's the you're, you're getting ahead, and there's, there's, a, there's a comment to be made about that, but and I'm I like that the, comment. But I'm saying the whole context of it, back well, in 1986, when these books yes. tried to mature comics, so, we saw that go right into the 90s, into yes, the odds, it did. And, and now and we look up, and so, Christopher Nolan, and Tim Burton, so, and these guys so, have made so, so, All right, so let's talk, let's talk about that. And the comics well, have been responding to that so, commercial success, and the comics have gotten darker. So, so there's a couple ways of looking at that, a couple ways of discussing it. But, but in essence... You're working yourself into a corner. I'm not. No, no. As an industry, well, maybe yes, maybe no. In essence, Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen—they both they came out in the mid '80s, and at that time, you know, they were gritty. They were grittier, you know. And Frank Miller's Daredevil, all that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Arkham Asylum, all of it. And at this time, it affected comics in a very big way, and you started getting more of these, these anti-hero books, so Punisher. Wolverine blew up in popularity, you know, these, these, these comics that, you know, ultimately that led into the 90s, Deadpool, you know, that led into things like, you know, Ultimates and the Authority and, and the things like books. that. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Um, there were certain things that were sacrosanct. The DC Universe as a whole, for the most part, managed to maintain its identity. As? In spite of well, that's just it. When you look at what Watchmen was, so the the history of comic books, you know, DC as a company gobbled up other comic book companies, and what their tendency to do would be like, oh, they bought another comic book company that had a shared universe. So they had this multiple Earth concept already going, which was originally created as a as a way to answer why oh there was a, you know why these heroes hadn't aged, you know why there was different versions in the Golden Age and Silver Age of the Flash and Green Lantern. Well, they were from different Earths, different realities. Um, so then, every time they board another company, they go, well, that's a different Earth. And then after the crisis in Infinite Earths, they actually started merging some of their companies together. Okay? But initially, Alan Moore had wanted to do... He had, his concept was, there were the Charlton Comics characters, okay, that DC owned. They hadn't merged them in yet. And he had this idea to, in essence, let's real-world this shit. Okay? If superheroes existed in the 1940s, you know, what would have gone on in the McCarthyism of it? Okay, and how would that have affected things? And if some of those characters then ended up getting conscripted into, you know, military service and all that, what would happen? And we end up with a very dystopian, you know, vision of not the future, but of the present, which was a great concept. It was a dystopian vision of, of the present in which Nixon's still president. Yeah, yeah. He gives himself extra terms. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you know, Comedian was his, you know, basically his assassin. You know, Dr. Manhattan was doing all these things. So that's what a Watchman originally was. And, and the comment I want to make that I, you know, that I haven't really heard people saying so much because for those, I mean, you know, Jonathan didn't do his usual spiel, but this is all about spoilers. You know, we're talking about the comics that have come out so far. Yeah, we're talking about Rebirth. You know? And if you found yourself scratching your head upon... Maybe you went to the comic store and you wanted to jump in on this new DC event. And you were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought this was going to be a fresh start and a friendly start. No. No. And, but you no. know what? If you went and did that, sit back and Ian's going to explain it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to get into this. So, you know, 
you had had multiple Earths, you know, in DC Comics for a long time. Then they did the Crisis on Infinite Earths back in 1985 to 1986. And this was a way, DC continuity was hard to follow. I remember being a kid and I'd literally get a friend of mine into comic books and I'd sit and I'd explain what each Earth was. You know, and it would right. take like an hour and a half to go over all of them. And like, you know, and who would remember it and all that. There were you know, more it was than hard. 52. Yeah, it, it, was, it was literally, it was, it was infinite, it was multiple. But, but honestly, there were certain ones that were the important ones. Right. You know? Um, but after the Crisis and Infinite Earths, they decided to merge it all together. But you still had a DC universe that felt like DC. You know, Superman was still hopeful. You know, Batman did not kill. You know, there were certain things like that. Then later, they did, you know, they didn't have the Infinite Earths anymore, but they introduced the idea of hypertime because they still, they wanted to do things like Elseworlds where they had a concept that was way, turn things on their head. Yeah. So, you know, they would do something like Red Sun if Superman landed in Russia. Gotham you know, Gotham by Gaslamp, which yeah. is, you know, um, yeah. Jack you know, the Ripper versus yeah, Batman. Yeah, yeah, or Batman as a vampire, you know, things like that. So those comics were now Elseworlds instead of being a different reality. In, in essence, they really were just a different reality. Um, so those comics were out there. But at its heart, the DC Universe was still hopeful. And in fact, even going back when they did Amalgam, which was Marvel and DC, they did a miniseries where the realities merged together. They called out this idea that on the DC Earth, people were more hopeful and there were more cities because they had the real yeah, cities and the fake cities. You know. but, it was a bigger but, planet, I remember. Yeah, so, so what's interesting, and I'm going to get to the place of what actually happens to Rebirth in a second, but we need to, we need to deal with the Flashpoint for, for a minute. So they did this really interesting story with The Flash, which in essence actually informs exactly what The Flash television show is, yes. which is that Zoom, who's The Flash's main, one of his main villains, who's from the future, decides he, he can never beat The Flash, so he's going to fuck with The Flash before he's ever been the Flash. the Flash. He goes back in time and kills his mother and changes his whole life. And when Flash finds out about it, he tries to go back and stop it, and, and this is really kind of messed up, he actually, he does stop it, but now he creates a reality that's way messed up. Yeah. And there's a miniseries with it, and it's a good miniseries. There's a, an animated movie that deals with it a bit. I like Flashpoint yeah. a lot. Yeah, Flashpoint was really good. But th- then he fixes stuff, but he doesn't. Right. Because after Flashpoint, instead of fixing stuff, something happens. And the way it's presented at the end of Flashpoint is three different universes emerged. Which were? Vertigo? Wildstorm, and DC proper. Vertigo always felt to me like multiple universes based on the creator. It was, but Vertigo Vertigo originally started, Sandman was coming out. In Sandman's part of the DC continuity. And and, and Swamp Thing. Yeah. And they just said, these are are dark, they kind of have a little horror to it, we're going to put them in this other imprint. Sure. But... The first, if you read Salmon only in trade paperbacks, people like to call them graphic That's novels. That's where I would read Okay, them, yeah. well, guess what? The first one you, and the last one, you fully have DC characters in. Sure. Okay? The first one, you totally have Dr. Destiny, it's mm-hmm. Justice League stuff. And then at the end, with the funeral, they pull back in, they pull Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne in there. Right. You know, it's, Sandman is part of the DC universe, but it was Vertigo. Sandman's really the thing that, Sandman became so popular and so big that it, it made Vertigo. Right. And yes, Vertigo became an imprint to do you know, other stuff that's completely their own thing. But that was just a publishing imprint. Yes, right? but so John Constantine started in Swamp Thing, which was fully a DC book. Swamp Thing went on to be a Vertigo book because it was kind of horror. And 
Hellblazer was a Vertigo book. So you've got so, these three universes: the the Vertigo one, the yes. main DC. Universe. Wildstorm was was a was a uni- was actually an image, you know, universe of Jim Lee's that yeah. he sold to DC. Sure. So and they so they wanted to bring it all together, so they merge them. Okay. That's Flashpoint. So that, that that's after Flashpoint. That's the new Fifty Two. That's the new Fifty Two that we had five years. Yeah. Ago. So here's the thing: the new Fifty Two starts, and suddenly they just decide to do some different takes on things. One of the big things they did is everyone's younger, because everyone's younger, and it's, they, they start retelling origins, not unlike the Ultimate Line at Marvel. It started feeling a little bit like the Ultimate well, Line. Well, and, and, I, and I'm telling you why. Right. Because they've eliminated this sense of hope. So. As you say with the Ultimate Line of Marvel, you know, they've gotten into this whole gritty thing. Right. So now, I mean, let, let's be honest. Ultimate Captain America was a dick. Yeah. You know, he was a this fascist. This doesn't stand for France, yeah. Yeah. You know, it was, like, it was like that kind of in-your-face attitude, you know. And for the most part, the only thing that survives the Ultimate Line is Miles Morales. And the Maker. Yes, that's true. But I'm saying that yes. in terms of co- most concepts, all that... I mean, the maker actually ends up becoming... Reed Richards goes completely evil and insane. And he ends up being such a great villain that he survives... Yeah. He's not even Reed Richards anymore. It's like Agent I mean, he's, Beast. Yes. It, yeah. It's exactly what it is. He's Dark Beast. He's yeah. fully Dark Beast. It's exactly what he is. But, you know, all the other... Cons- I mean, actually, look, the Ultimates affected a lot. They affected Cap's uniform and all that. Right. Again, it brought a little bit more of a real-world aesthetic affected to the things. movies completely. Yeah. Oh, very much affected the movies. But, without going on the tangent of it, and you're right... It definitely was a little bit of an ultimatizing DC, which, you know, when, when the Ultimate stuff first came out, we all thought, oh, there was all these rumors of getting rid of all the Marvel stuff, and this is going to be the new Marvel, which they didn't do. But with DC, they sort of did that. But, you know, one of the main and things people talked about... they did it with 52 about, titles. Yes. One of the main things people talked about was Superman. Yes. You know, because they changed his attitude. And I even recall, if you recall early on, George Perez was on the book and he left. He said, this isn't Superman. Yeah. You know? And I said a few minutes ago, I was going to reference the movies because the attitude they gave him is then what they did in the movie. In Man of Steel, yeah. Man of Steel is the new 52 Superman. Right. You know? Yes. That's what it is. Even down to, you know, the killing and the attitude and the violence. The moral... You know, yeah. Yeah, the moral quandaries. Although, honestly... The New 52 Superman isn't actually quite that bad, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have the New 52, you know, Jonathan, Martha, Kent saying, fuck him. Yeah. I you know, know. What are you let him die. Right. Yeah, yeah. You don't have that. But, but what I'm saying is that sort of attitude very much colored the New 52. Um, the reality is they wanted to throw everything out, and the Batman and Green Lantern titles were too popular that they couldn't really get rid of those histories. Yeah. And that made a lot of issues, a lot of problems. You know, you got into things like Somehow, you know, Batman had so many Robins, but he's only been around for five years, so it didn't yeah. make any sense. And then the Green Lanterns, there's yeah. 16 Earth and, Green Lanterns. And so ultimately what you have is, yeah, but you have things like there's great history that supposedly still happened that doesn't make sense because the timeline doesn't work. Yeah, it's too truncated. As if it's time, too truncated, is that what Yes, yeah. exactly. As if there's like something's missing here. And they, whole, they got rid of wholesale concepts like... Which I guess it makes sense in terms of getting rid of the time, but you know, you have Nightwing who look Dick Grayson was a character that I mean, way back when it was like Robin was like seven years old. Right. You know? Like he grew up trained by Batman, like his whole life. And literally, I mean, you know, we talk about and you know, in, in other on other podcasts we talked about this about, you know, 
comic book universes and how much time goes by, but there's literally no way you can argue that. I mean, clearly, Batman's been around at least a solid 15 years or more because Dick Grayson, Dick Grayson went from seven years old to a full adult. Right. I mean, Dick Grayson, pre the new 52, has got to be 25. Mm-hmm. And then immediately upon starting the new 52, he's already having sex with people. Well, yeah, he's an adult. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it, it's like, you know, the, the take on there is like, well, okay, he's already at least late teens. You know, sure. but, but one of the big things they do, again, another concept they eliminated is they eliminated the original Teen Titans. Sure. They eliminated whole characters, beloved characters. There's no Wally West who no. becomes the Kid Flash um, because Barry hasn't even been flashed that long. The original long. Blue Beetle, was he really, was he, who Ted else? Cord Ted we Cord. see yes. right early on in Justice League, but then they didn't really do anything That's with right. him. That's right. Um, they eliminated Donna Troy. We don't get her till late in the run, in the Wonder Woman run. They, mm-hmm. they reintroduced her. You know, I mean, they, they initially eliminated, I mean, we find out that Barbara Gordon was paralyzed for a year or two, you know, but then she got over it, so she's yeah. Batgirl again. And in one fell swoop, they've eliminated the other two Batgirls. Yes. They eliminated, you know, um, both uh, Cassandra Kane and um, uh, uh, Cassie... Um, you're on your own on this one, Ian. Uh, Brown. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry, so, uh, Stephanie Brown. So basically Excuse what we're me. saying is that the yeah, 52, they, they, the last five years of DC continuity, has been problematic. And there's been bright spots. The Batman books, some they, of the Green Lantern yes. books, this Dark Side War that I loved. I thought the Justice League book has been really damn the good. The Justice League book has been pretty consistent because it's had the same vision. Right. It's been Jeff Johns the entire but time. But ultimately, and, the, like, things were starting well, to, the wheels were starting to well, come off. The reality for DC for actually many years before the New 52 is that Jeff Johns has you know, been a creative genius, you know, a guiding force, and his stuff has been consistently great. Um, but it definitely, you know, something's been lost, something's been missing for a while. Last year they did something called Convergence, mm-hmm. which promised to maybe fix some things. Didn't fix that much. No. There's one thing that it did, and I know I, I told you guys to read, which was Convergence was this idea that they were pulling from time, and they actually acknowledged that these other times happened, that there is a, somewhere out there was our pre New 52, our pre-Flashpoint reality existed. I like that they had Warlord in it. Well, I'm saying, they, yeah. they, they, they pulled all these cool. concepts. They acknowledged that all the different aspects of DC comic book publishing history occurred. Um, even pre-crisis. Right, yeah. And they pulled stuff from during the crisis and all of it. Um, and afterwards, one of the ideas they had, because before the New 52, before the Flashpoint, Superman had to actually married Lois Lane, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's something they did away with, and then they, they actually had him get romantically involved with Wonder Woman, which was never, ever even a hint of before. Right. Um, I, actually, I, I shouldn't say that. They went on a date in, what was it, Action Comics 600, I think it was, um, and they found that they don't work. I mean, literally it was, she's this princess, and, you know, I mean, it's actually sort of messed up, because Wonder Woman's not a princess like she's haughty toddy Right. But... They sort of did it like that she is still royalty and has this attitude and, you know, and she's very militaristic and he's just this farm Kansas boy. farm boy, yeah. you know. Um, but ultimately, he married Lois Lane um, and that was a great aspect of the book 
But I think one of the reasons to jettison that was it made him seem older. Right. And for very much the same reason why they got rid of, you know, Peter Parker's marriage. Right. So here we um, go with this. So gosh, what is this? So post-convergence. Right. In Convergence, they, they introduced one of the characters, that they, one of the things they pulled out of, of time and reality in Convergence was this right around Flashpoint, Superman married to Lois Lane or in Convergence and they didn't have their powers. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Superman didn't have his powers. Right. And the idea in Convergence, they're on this planet, they're powerless and a year's gone by and they've been stuck. And he knocked his wife up and she has a baby. Okay, and then after Convergence, one of the only things left over, and this also tells, doesn't matter, um, was that he's apparently been on the New 52 Earth the entire time in the background because he realizes right away that there's another Clark Kent, Superman. There's another Lois Lane. So they kind of go into hiding. But he's still being Superman in secret. And they've got a kid. They had this kid, and now the kid's growing up. And they recently did... A miniseries, and hard to say what the plans were, but the miniseries ultimately is that the kid starts at, over the course of the miniseries, um, he's developing, developing powers. powers. Yeah. Um, and now cut to the decision's been made that they need to get back on track. They've heard the fans. They know things are off. So we have Rebirth. Um, right before Rebirth, but they basically do, a way they do to set it up is, along with, the Justice League run, which was great, um, they have several other things happen to the new 52 Superman, which basically leads to him dying. So, um, I call him the, the Levi's Superman. The one yes. who was wearing jeans and a black shirt. Right, right. Right. And he's died. He dies in so he dies. 52. Yes, he dies. 50, 52 of, of Superman. Superman last, 52, 52, yeah. So um, Now we've so, got Rebirth. So we knew that was coming, and we sort of felt like, all right, that alone could have been it. All right, we're getting our Superman back. But with DC Universe Rebirth, we get this cosmic book. Okay, we, we get a little bit more insight. And what we come to find out in this book, which is very interesting... Through is, Wally West. Is that... so. In the past, when we have the crisis, you know, usually when something big is going on, there's a Flash involved. Right. And the big deal in Christ and Infinite Earth is the Flash is running and he has to, you know, keep things going. And it's Barry Allen. Yes, it's Barry Allen. And Barry Allen actually sacrifices himself and dies in that. But in this, initially there's a narrator and we don't know who it is at first. And it turns out our Wally West from before Flashpoint, who was this giant hero because after Barry Allen died in Christ and Infinite Earths back in 1986... Kid Flash, his protege, took over, became Flash. And it's actually Flash for, what was it, um, about 25 years. A lot of people who I know, Wally West is their Flash. Well, in in point of fact, you have Barry Allen as Flash for about 30 years. Um, You have Wally West running around as Kid Flash for for about 23, 24 years, maybe 25 years, something like that. And then another 25 years of Wally as the Flash. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more comics with Wally. You know, I mean, and yeah, I mean, Wally's, Wally was kind of, he was my Flash. Sure. You know, as a kid, I knew Barry, but didn't care. Now, mind you, I was excited when Barry came back. Sure. But didn't want to lose Wally. So well, we lost Wally. And now in this... So we lost Wally with the new 52. Wally comes back. Yes. Now... 
they introduced the concept of there's a, of another Wally, and again, the signs were there that they were going to bring Wally back. They changed the race for sure. I don't know why. Um, for, it's, it's honestly, nephew, I think I think nephew, they did it for diversity and his nephew's cousin. Well, no, and, it, he, and he's it, also it, making him it, you know it, synonymous it, with the one that we see in the TV show. But but actually, no, it, it was it was consistent. There was right. Iris, right, and Iris's nephew is Wally. That's it, and that's, that's what it. that's what it always was. Right. Okay. Um, the only th- the only way it's like the TV show is the race sure. is that they happen to be African American. But in a visual medium, it makes it very recognizable. No, it, it does, but. The new Fifty Two um, prefaces the show. Sure, you know, so they made Iris African American and they mm-hmm. cast an African American on the show, and so here we go with Rebirth. And so basically, it's Wally West. It, so it's that Wally from before, and he's trying to find his way back. And if one person remembers him, he makes he appears to people, and they don't remember him, right. and he's really losing hope. The new Fifty Two people do not remember. No, him. and. And, and there's, an, there's an implication through the book as he's going through our world and seeing things that someone's done this. That to them. Yeah. something's happened. And with Wally's narration, we actually get this idea that people have been eliminated, whole people, years. relationships have been eliminated, years have been, a eliminated. Decade has been eliminated. A decade's been eliminated. So legendary heroes are now neophytes. Yeah. They're not as experienced. They're not as good as they were before. They don't have it as together, you know, and those whole relationships. And, you know, one of the most important ones is Wally and the Teen Titans. Sure. It's, it's this idea that, you know, for me, I'm a big, you know, Dick Grayson fan, you know. And one of the things I always loved and I grew up on was, okay, there, there's a great sequence way back when in an early issue of uh, Teen Titans. I think it's issue 19 of New Teen Titans. Um, where you have Dick Grayson working out and Wally's narrating the book. Mm-hmm. And Wally actually says Dick is so good, he's the consummate leader, but he's never going to be as good as Batman is because he's not as obsessed as Bruce is and he had balance. Because right. he had Alfred with Bruce and also what was important about the pre-crisis continuities, he actually also had Superman. Mm-hmm. You know, And he had all these other people that cared about him. He had, Dick Grayson had light, he had humor. I mean, that was always the thing. Dick Grayson as Robin would joke around all the time, even though he went through tragedy. Because he actually, he even had Bruce to be there for him, you know? So, I mean, that was an important thing. Bruce was the brooding one, you know? Like, he didn't joke around. But, um, you know, and if you, I don't know if you recall, but later, you know, they had a falling out, and Dick Grayson was off with the Teen Titans. Batman ends up finding his own team because of a dispute with the Justice League about international borders and saving Lucius Fox, you know, in Markovia. But anyway, so he founds the Outsiders. Um, and they end up being this crossover, and Batman thinks he knows best about everything, and Dick Grayson, in the middle of the battle, belies one of um, Batman's orders, says, that's not how those powers work, you can't do that. Takes control, runs both teams, and afterwards, Batman actually says to him, is like, you're better than me mm-hmm. at this. And years and years go by, later there's a storyline in the Justice League where, you know, the Justice League seemingly are dead. They get thrown into the Obsidian Age. And Batman left a protocol that Dick Grayson, now he's Nightwing, he comes over, takes over, assembles his own Justice League. One of my favorite moments ever is uh, Oliver Queen, Green Arrow, who has a problem with authority, basically gets yelled at by Nightwing in the field, and he mutters under his breath, you know, his prince like, I didn't know he could do the voice, meaning the Batman yeah. voice. Because, like, he's just, he, Dick Grayson does it. And the difference between Dick Grayson, Nightwing, 
and Batman is, everybody in the DC universe, all the heroes, they all like him. They like him. Yeah, yeah. like anyone will follow him. So, and this is a perfect example of something like it's eliminated by the new 52. When you get rid of all of that history, you get rid of these aspects. This is, this is important history, you know, these, these connections. One of the great moments in, in the rebirth moment when Wally West is trying to go to people, he goes to Batman. Yeah. Batman has no idea who he is. Right. Now, think about what that means because to those of us that read this stuff, it's Wally West was the second generation Flash. You know, there's a point in the Justice League, again, this is pre-Flashpoint, you know, Flashpoint, where it's actually, it's Wally West is the Flash and Kyle Rayner is Green Lantern and they're in the Justice League, but they're not trusted. And Batman ends up having these protocols where, you know, basically Ra's gets into his protocols. Yeah, and he te- Yes, exactly. And, and he turns him on the Justice League. And afterwards, he gets voted out of the Justice League. But afterwards, the way that he gets back in with everyone is he trusts them with his identity. Right. You know, and over time he comes to see them as worthwhile because they're not just neophytes anymore. You know, that happened over years and that those years are important. You know, those years matter and so that's just it. The DC comics before, they were about hope, they were about relationships. And they wholesale got got rid of those relationships. I mean, the idea that the history of, you know, I, I keep coming back to Dick Grayson because the Teen Titans history matters. Because there were the Teen Titans and it was the new Teen Titans. Ultimately, they became the Titans and there was a new version of the Teen Titans. Because these heroes who were children, right. who were, you know, they were adolescents, you know, then they were the rebellious teenagers. Then they were adults in their own right. And that mattered. And this idea of legacy is throughout this entire book. Well, well, and it's really like exactly. the impetus for this entire initiative. Yes. Is that we're going to embrace the, our history. The, the, they're bringing it back because that was strengths. what was important. Right. I mean, another book that, that we haven't been talking about, but you said legacy and, and it's important is, you know, way back when, you know, there was the Justice Society of America and then, you know, there was the reset and you had the Justice League of America, which was, you know, the, the later version, the Silver Age version. So when they came up with the idea of different Earths, there were literally, it was this annual thing where they would have a crossover between Earth 1 and Earth 2. Earth 1 was what was then the current publishing and Earth 2 was what was considered, oh, heroes started earlier, more around World War II. So the older versions of the heroes were there, and they were the Justice Society. And there would be the JLA-JSA crossover. It would happen every year. It was a big deal. These characters would you know, interact. It was a very convoluted version of Black Canary's origin, where it turned out that the Black Canary of the Justice Society had actually come over to Earth 1 and had a baby. And that's the Black Canary of the Justice League. Okay, very messy. That's, yeah, they yeah can get away it was very that. messy. Well, after the crisis, the way they merged is they just said, yeah, her mother was Black Canary. The Justice Society was older. The Justice League came along later because the Justice Society heroes had mostly retired. Then later, they had kids. And for a while, Goyer, and it's actually the book that John's kind of wet his teeth on, was you know, writing um, just JSA with Goyer, was this whole idea of legacy, of... You have the old heroes and the young heroes and training them. I mean, this is what DC was all about. And in so many ways, in, in an effort to try to go a little more real world, you know, be more gritty, they just wholesale eliminate all of this and all of these concepts. So, so Rebirth, did, like, the idea like, is yeah, to bring help, it back. Help Adrian out. Like, what did we read? Well, ultimately, we're reading a book that's sort of a love letter to what was before through Wally's eyes. And Wally is such an important character to anyone you know, that's read before. But ultimately, we're wondering, what is this about? What's gone on here? Because while he's referencing, someone did this, right? And 
obviously the great moment because you literally think as you're reading it that we're actually going to lose Wally. And in the end, he gets pulled through because Barry Allen Flash, it's this moment he's about to lose him and he remembers. Right. And it's all Wally needed and he gets pulled through. And at the end, the statement is, Wally's saying he's losing some memories, but some stuff he remembers. So rebirth is now going to be, some stuff's going to have changed just by the fact that Wally's been pulled back into reality. But not everything has changed. So we're going into rebirth wondering. So at this point, we have the rebirth books come out. And today, you know, we're recording this on June 1st, um, four other rebirth books you know, that are launching off into other yeah. books. And I read the Batman out. and Superman books. Yeah. So, so we're going to talk about them in a minute. But to say, let's talk real quick first about the end of that first one shot. Because yeah. what we come to find out for people that are familiar with Watchmen is the framing sequence of the book, the beginning and the end, is on a watch. And it's the eight, it is the nine panel. Right. It is, it is right out of Watchmen. It looks like Watchmen. And, so, and the implication is what you ultimately end up seeing is that Dr. Manhattan, who in Watchmen basically has the power of a god and control over reality, mm-hmm. um, the implication is that he's done this. He, yeah, he's pulling all the strings. Yes. Dr. Which Manhattan is the first acknowledgement that DC's ever done that the Watchmen universe and the DC universe is one and the same. Right. Or at well, least well, well, that's under just the it, umbrella though. of one and well, the other. Well, but, but that's just it. DC owns it. DC put out... So, you know, Alan Moore famously who created Watchmen famously wanted nothing to do with anything else, never wanted to do a follow-up. And what was it? Before Watchmen was what? How many years ago? Before Watchmen was 2000. No, no. Yeah, no, it's yeah, later I, than that. I would say, yeah, it was, it, I would say it was four years ago. Yeah, three, before Watchmen ago. was actually around... Three, four years ago. No, a little bit more than that. It was... It was four or what, five. What, what, I'm what, saying, what, what, say what, wasn't it before the new 52? No. Or was it right around that? Yeah. Okay. Regardless, it was separate. Regardless, so so before Watchmen was basically a series of miniseries that took place before Watchmen took place. So it mm-hmm. doesn't does actually matter. Um, and my understanding, I need to go back and look at it, but there is an implication I can in do there. that tonight. Yeah, I know yeah, exactly yeah. where my books are. Yeah, yeah. So there's an implication in it. But look, he's that powerful. It's multiple realities. Yeah. Um, there's I, an implication actually, in the last yeah. issue of the. And, and, and also, by the way, actually, also in Convergence, which I referenced earlier. Where you get a glimpse of multiple realities. There, there's a, there's some panels. There's stuff in there, you know, of that. Like you get a glimpse of like Rorschach, yeah, and you know, in and um, Owl Night Owl, excuse me, and uh, yeah. So there, it's definitely out there. So it's not. It's it was certainly always there that they could do it. So now they're pretty much saying that's what they've done. And that's what you need to know, Geekscape, is that like. We are now going into a soft remerging. I'm not going to say soft reboot, but like it's not a, a reboot. It's not a reboot at all. It's a, if well, anything, it's a it's a it's a reopening of all those so, continuities. But they're also, I think, going to find this as an opportunity to streamline these things and into yes. a very so, nice. So, that, so, that, so that, that's for the most part what they're doing. So this will be a lot cleaner than 52 new books hitting within a month. Right now, we're getting these one shots well, that are reestablishing in the Batman and Superman ones that I read. They acknowledge all the history. This they is, do. This is the well, Superman let me say with a, this. So, so Wally's going to end up in the Titans book. Uh-huh. Now, again, some efforts were already happening in the last year to bring some of these concepts back. So there was a book called Titans Hunt that came out recently. And you found out that some other villain that had some reality you know, warping abilities wiped out all, the, all these heroes' memories of the fact that they used to be in Teen Titans. Okay? So that's already happened. 
but they hadn't acknowledged Wally yet. Right. So we're going to get that in the Titans book, which isn't coming out until July. Because Wally's existence now is going to have shifted some things. He literally didn't exist in reality. Now he comes in. Well, his existence in itself affects now people are going to remember him. So some things happened that we didn't know happened. But what's very key is this 10 years of missing. He said so. Because that, that's where all the relationships are. And, and I'm, I think we're going to ultimately get that reset. What we've gotten so far with the, with the books that have come out is so... The Superman Rebirth is literally just the next book after Superman 52. Yeah. And it's Superman literally just died. Superman died. It, it doesn't actually in any way address any kind of reality changing things. No, it's, it's super, just it's that our, our Superman from before that came out of Convergence is taking over. Yeah. That's about to happen. It was the next chapter in that story. Yeah. Um, likewise, the Batman book. Again, it feels new and fresh because it's there's new ideas. The Snyder stuff. But it's literally it's coming off the Snyder stuff, and Bruce Wayne is back uh, because he's been gone for a while. If you haven't read the Batman books, the only thing that's changed um, is that he can hold his breath for six minutes. But maybe but he could have before Batman. because he's Batman. Yeah, um, I do but, like those one arm push uh, pull ups. Those were cool. Yeah, yeah, and of course he's taken uh, he's taken on Buck. Who, uh, what's the name of this character? Uh, Duke. Duke. Duke is well, well, not but a I, Robin, but like is no, a, well, so, a new thing. So, so this is a character that's actually been around um, in the Snyder stuff going back yep. to the Zero Year. He rescued and, him and, from Joker. Yes, and then they they did the We Are Robin book. So yes. that's what that was. So he's apparently and he was setting a big up part. And he was a big. And Duke was a huge part of the last storyline in the Snyder book. Yes. So um, they're using the rebirth idea to launch things back into. You, Back towards you know what they want to do sure. you know, with with getting that flavor back. Um, you didn't read the Green Arrow book, did you buy it? No. Um, is it good? I've not been happy with the Green Arrow book for a while, which is why I didn't. But I, I, I bailed on it when Jeff Lemire left. Right, and that was a good time to bail. But Black Canary, sure. And I in the Green it, Arrow in the green, in Sam Humphrey's Green Lantern is good. Let me let me let me say about Green Arrow. It's literally like. That book, arguably, reality did shift hmm. because he's the old Ollie. Okay, cool. You know, they're, they're playing with, he hasn't lost his money. He has his money, but he's being called out on that. Everyone thinks he's an ass because he's always bitching about socialist stuff. Yeah, it's the old, you know? okay, so that is Ollie. That's no, it's Ollie. Yeah, cool. and, and the beard, cool. you know, and, you know, and, and, but he and Dinah, they acknowledge it. Well, they've only met once, but it's on, you know, um, so it, it's worth a read because it's what you want. And literally the last line of the book is finally. Cool. You know, it's really like, yeah, no kidding. Because they, they jerk that shit around for six years. You and know, then, five years, whatever. In Green um, Lantern, so, so Green Lantern, this first book yeah. is John's. Yeah. Humphrey's going to be writing it, but John sets it up. Mm-hmm. And Ethan Vince Hivers, the artist, yeah. is amazing. Um, it was good. Yeah. It was really good, but it was John's. You know, um, in case in you're that, wondering, Hal yeah. shows up. In that, in it, I, I, I flipped through it enough to know that Hal shows up. And yeah. Uh, and that we're establishing these new Green Lanterns, which are old Green Lanterns. Yeah. Um, and well, yeah, I love it. You know, I mean... Is this a clean jumping on point for everybody? You could re- just read this book Green Lantern-wise. I mean, yeah, it, it is, cl- it's is clean. It, uh, so far, if somebody bought DC Universe Rebo- Rebirth and then these one-shots, is it a safe way to get into the DC Universe? I think that there's enough... Rebirth expo- is very the- dense. It's very, that's very dense. That that great, that book is for old fans. But the 
purpose is also to make new fans. But but I'm saying that that book is the emotion of that book is very much deep in the fact that these characters have been yeah, around a, and how we a, feel about it. It was a great book. Yeah, and it was well written. Very so, very well. So written. it can be a jumping on point for new it, fans. It, it can, but but I actually think these rebirth books one shots. Yeah, these are great jumping on points. Okay. Um, so you read the Superman. I mean, look, it's so many years ago, but I felt the emotion I felt reading the Doomsday Story. Just seeing Doug Mankey's artwork yeah. for, the, for the Doomsday Story yeah. was fucking awesome. I like, was, seeing his interpretation of those epic moments. In the and Superman there I was, was again, awesome. and emotionally I was right back there. Because Doug, Doug Mankey could do no wrong. The dude yeah. is a phenomenal but, artist. But, but again, like, I didn't feel that way with the other Superman. They even made me actually care about the Superman that just died when no one cared. <laughs> You're right. You know? I care that they turned him into powder with but, right. but whatever the capes made out of that but, survived. And 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 they paid they paid homage and to at, him. Yeah, you know and they served him well. He's like, no, he, he. Yeah, no, I love that Superman's like, yeah, he can come back, and he's literally been turned into like Kool Aid mix. Right. He's powder. Right. And Lana Lang's like, no, he's dead. Yeah. And Superman's like, no, well, there's something yeah, about maybe being not. dead. Yeah. You know, I, at least you were a corpse, Superman. There was something to bring back. No, uh, I would buy that issue if only for that artwork, but also know that the story's great. Yeah. And it's a good jumping on point for Superman, and I'm, and I'm excited. If you guys, honestly, Geekscapists, if you're listening to this and you're on the fence, but you're a cinematic fan of the DC Universe, and you want to be a cinematic fan, but the movies haven't given you a reason yet, this is a good place to jump on, because this is a Superman that's based on hope. And yes, he's a Superman with a wife and a kid. Right. But he's a Superman that still has his heart in the right place, and he's the Superman we want. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, in, in conclusion, I... I, I he's I'm, also I'm the Superman worried. we need and deserve. <laughs> My worry is only financial. I like what I've read today, and I'm looking at a bunch of new one-shots coming out so, next so week. So, the problem for a lot Wonder of people... For Greg Rucka. Oh, Greg well, Rucka's well, Wonder Woman on. Yes. So, for and people that don't know, and you, know, you want to get buy a run of comics... That you don't you don't need to worry about continuity at all. You go buy Greg Rucker's run on Wonder Woman. There's trades of them. You yeah. could just sit and read that book. You don't have to read anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's awesome. So. And Rucker also did a great run on Batman. And there's that graphic novel with the both of them in it, which is awesome. So, Geek, Geekscape is you don't have to be down on the DC universe just because you didn't like Batman versus Superman. You can actually uh, go to the comics. But yeah, I mean, the reality is, it, it's yes. I've continued to read all the DC books for all these years, but there have been very few I've been excited about. Justice League was one of them, but I'm excited right now for, for these DC books. Um, I am too. I'm excited the, the, to see the, Lex Luthor as Superman. I'm, look, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's an interesting setup. You sure. know, we'll, we'll see him fight it, you know, but Jeff Johns has done a lot of great stuff with Lex Luthor in the Justice League book. I love it. Yeah. I loved that Dark Side War. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. No, it was great. Um, there's more of these to come out. So we'll we'll see where they go with it, sure. um, but well, uh, we needed to put the Geekscapist and Adrian on even footing. <laughs> that was the purpose of this episode. Fair. That was it. Geekscapist. Listen, I told Ian we'd keep it short. We have not kept it short, but hopefully you've been satisfied with this because um, I'm I'm just happy to be satisfied with DC books now. Um. All right, it's gonna be a fun summer. We will see you guys back on the main show, Ian. Oh, you didn't really explain the money aspect. So one of the things they're doing with all, with all their main books is yeah. twice a month. So they'll still oh, be putting right. out as you're many right. titles, but yeah. it, it, the number of titles is less, but the public publishing schedule is more. 
Yes. So, so that's some the, of the issue books about are, it. Yeah, some of the books yes. are bi-monthly. So yeah. it's going to get intense. Well, and my understanding, the Wonder Woman, since it's different artists, like it's going to be ones in the past and ones in the present. It's going to leapfrog back and forth like Deadpool's doing right now? Yes, but literally that's like, so it's one artist doing each one. And I mean, I'm into we'll it. Let's see. Dude, that much Rucka Wonder Woman? Way into it. <laughs> we will see you guys next time. Expect Ian to be back for Suicide Squad later in the summer. But and, and if we if we get you know requ- requests for other comic book stuff, we could do it. You know what? I think that's true. We and could it's do, we, we could do Civil War too. You know. Yeah. If you guys want to hear more from Ian, send me an email, JonathanGeekscape.net, or hit Ian up on Twitter. We're both on there, and be like, hey, I want to know your thoughts on blankety blank blank. We'll be selective because, you know, these things can get away from us. But we did it for Adrian. We'll do it for you, too. Uh, thanks, Geek Savers. We'll listen to you next time. No, you'll, we'll see you next. Well, shit. We'll just talk at you next time. Say bye, Ian. Bye, Ian.